Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, we're back with episode 46 and we hope you're having the best summer ever because we kind of are, I'm going to be honest. Quarantesis. I realize that we are in like the magical unicorn time of parenting in which we do not have a baby or anyone in diapers and we also don't have any teenagers. So it's like, Ooh, but we're close. Heaven. We're like, we're, hang, we're right at the cusp geez, by a thread <laughs> on both ends. I know. And so, well, not on both ends. No one's going to be wearing diapers again. Yeah. Well, I'm not I mean, we're just barely, baby. we're barely guys- out of that phase and we're, <laughs> Barely hanging on before the teen years. Yes, yes. And so I'm really, really Hey, before though, oh my gosh, I have to share. Hopefully this resonates with other parents and makes us all feel like we're not crazy. Um, we are. Our son crazy. is not quite a teenager, but he sometimes acts like one. Yeah, no, he he's and getting I, these bursts of testosterone that are really intense. <laughs> these surges. I was pretty hard on him last week. He'd made some mistakes and I, I was trying to put, prove a point. Make it memorable. Yeah, you did. And uh, he did a lot of weeding. And uh, <laughs> after the weeding, and he's just sweating and almost sunburnt, we did more weeding and then more weeding. And I actually tried to see if I could break him like a, yeah. a wild horse or something. I don't think it worked. And he got really mad and finally snapped. And I'm just going to be honest. He looks at me right in the face and he says, I wish I could snap your neck. <laughs> Remember that? He did. And I was in the room. So I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be... I." Yeah, it got kind of crazy for a minute. You know, it's just one of those rowdy, terrible <laughs> family moments we have that we all look back on and go, wow. Yeah, it was messy. It was a messy but moment. But I, I do work with a lot of young men. And so, you know, he's right on the cusp of these big things to come. So yeah, it was already, exciting. already <laughs> threatening to break my neck. Yes. Okay. But I want you guys to know that I wanted to like put Danny on the spot today. So I actually told him, hey, I'm in charge of the podcast this week. And so you just have to go with the flow, which if you know, Danny is <sighs> legitimately his worst nightmare. I may or may not have some like serious I, control OCD issues. He definitely does. Oh and if you know him, just know like he's he's actually a little bit mad right now and nervous. Yeah, we got in a little argument in the car because I just think it's unprofessional and unnecessary. He doesn't like it, but we're doing it. So hey, just know that. Okay, but before we get started, one more little story. Okay. These stories, I think, are awesome. Okay. Everybody has these parenting moments, right? <laughs> we just had one, and it was the 10 minutes before we came here to sit behind these microphones. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it was just like parenting on steroids. <laughs> it's my wife and I went to the gym. We came home to the gym, and everything came to this the crossroads, yeah. right? Our There's oldest, a lot going on. Our oldest son, despite threatening me last week to break my neck, was headed <laughs> off to the temple <laughs> with someone, um, yes. which is awesome. Yeah. And he's headed out to go do that. Our other child is headed over to the neighbors. They're actually going to study yeah. about war or something, which yes. is cool. Our daughter is headed to cheerleading. We're headed over here to this podcast. In the midst of it, there's timers going off left and right. These timers going off. I'm like, what the I'm hell is going on? Bread, guys. She's making bread. She's mixing this. She's adding this. I'm doing ponytails. The door's ringing. I'm, I'm just like, I'm looking around going, this is ridiculous. You know, one thing that didn't happen, the cat didn't come in the house during that 10 minute mercy. span, which is actually probably a, a tender mercy. I got in the car that. and I said to my wife, I said, you know, all of our single friends, because we have a lot of friends that are single. Mm-hmm. 
still trudging through, you know, the lone, the lone and dreary world. (laughs) But I said, how many of them, if they just, if they just spent the last 15 minutes with us, how many of them would remain single forever? Yeah. would be like, you know what? I'll take the silence and the loneliness. This is crazy. Our pet's heads are falling off. It was an intense moment. It was, but this is the problem. We all adjust and adapt. So if, I know that all of you have had those moments. You probably had one today. If not, you're going to have one tomorrow. And it's, it's, you're just holding on for dear life. But if we had silence and quiet. Yeah, it would be. Now that you're used to this. Feel feel super lonely and isolated. It would be crazy. So we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. So if you guys are listening to us for the first time, (laughs) we are not actually insane, but We do love our family. We fought for it really hard. We're grateful to be parents. And we are here to talk about the difficult things, right? That's what, that's what we do. We've both been through some very serious, um, trauma. I would say earlier in our lives, Danny's 15 years into his recovery and, um, we're now raising chickens and kids. That's right. So that's right. Um, and helping parents, you know what? find their way through the before you before you nail me some questions it these difficult conversations and topics that we're helping our kids through they're everywhere our family loves a show called agt america's got talent i'm sure you've heard of it it is epic yeah it's like like our happy place the talent on this show is incredible but last night we're watching an episode and of course there was a story about a gay guy and you know they talk about it and your kids are watching and they're explaining the story and then you know there was uh one of those, um, what do you call them? Where they, the cross dressers. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. He was like a drag queen. Drag queen. Thank yeah. you. Gosh. Struggling with that one. Yeah. And so that, you know, there's questions that come up. Then there was even, there uh, was a polyamorous man, a polyamorous. Said, I want to introduce my partners and my kids were like, what is that? What's partners? And, and then they span out to the audience and there's these two very beautiful women. And he's like, well, my wife and I've been married for 13 years. And then we met our other partner and we welcomed her in. And my kids were like jaws on the floor. Like what? So yes, <laughs> they have questions. I bring this up because we're big believers that all this information is in your face. Okay. It's, it's in social media. It's, it's on YouTube. It's on games. It's even on Family television shows like America's Got Talent. Yeah. Now, what we're talking about is the inability to do what our parents did. Right. Right. We don't have the luxury of avoiding these topics. Just turning your head. Yeah. Saying, oh, I got to go pull my bread out of the oven and just disappear. Although I do that sometimes. Yes. (laughs) These are in their face and they need to be answered. Otherwise, they're going to cause confusion. All sorts of unwanted feelings. Yep. That leads to bad things yeah absolutely and that's why we are here honestly we love to talk and help parents understand how to have those conversations helpful things we have tons of guests on that talk about um you know how how to have these conversations and so anyway hopefully um you are going to learn a lot today about those yeah let's get let's get this over with yeah but here's here's for danny okay here's the thing danny gets peppered with all sorts of questions pretty much everywhere he goes um once somebody knows what he does for a living they'll immediately have kind of like this story that they want to tell about about somebody they know or an experience that they're they're having this comes also through you know our social media platform on your living proof on instagram he'll get all sorts of kind of inquiries and so i just wanted to kind of 
throw out a couple of examples of really common scenarios that Danny is faced with. And just kind of, I want our audience to hear how you respond to them, mainly because I want all of you to know, you you may experience this and think you are the only person in the world who's dealing with this. And I want you to know that you are not. Oh, yeah. It is so much more common than you would even want to comprehend. I've repeated the phrase so many times. Hey, I wish you could just, I could tuck you in my back pocket, come with me for just one week and hear your story on repeat over and over and over. Yes. So I'm just going to kind of present a scenario and then Danny's going to answer how he would answer this question. Okay. So Danny, I have a 16 year old son um, who's vaping we're pretty certain that he's, you know, using marijuana. We're, we're really concerned about it. We're, we're thinking about sending him to like a youth facility. Like we've looked into several. What do you think about that? Well, that actually is become, I'd say in the last year, that's become the most common story. And it, it ranges in boys and girls, even younger yeah. I mean, we're talking like sure. in the 13, 14 range, but typically it's on that 16, 17 age range. They're yep. now wanting to be treated like an adult. Yeah. But they're acting like a child, like a toddler. Sure. And it's a tough one. It's a really, really tough one. And I, I would just like to be honest. I don't work for any institutions or establishments or organizations where I'm obligated to say anything. I work completely independent. Yeah, no facilities and are paying you to send patients. Correct. Um, I do have facilities I vouch for just because I know the quality work they do. But my answer would just be an honest one. And I know it go it would be a little bit contrary to what you might hear from some of these facilities, especially if you're looking to help someone underage. Yeah, because that's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Um, all I can base this off of is my experience of being involved with people that have done this and gone that route. Mm-hmm is very, very few of them. I mean, very few. We're talking single digit percentage of time do they have a positive experience. Yeah. And it really, it's terrible. That is. Why Why, when, why do you When say they that? send them to these facilities, it doesn't matter if it is the most top-notch, well-ran facility in the country. The challenge they face is they're surrounded by their peers, the people they're surrounded by, are typically individuals who've come from far worse circumstances and situations. So I compare it to like my favorite sports team, the Utah Jazz. And I don't know why, but for some reason, my entire life, they raised to the level of their competition. Yeah. So against really good teams, we play really good. And against terrible teams, we actually just play very poor Yeah. and hope to somehow squeeze out a, a victory. So what I say by that is that these young people that are 16 and 17 are thrown into these facilities and the people running them might be some of the most incredible people on the face of the planet. Right. But the, the problem is there's few of them and there's a lot of their peers who maybe come from gang related backgrounds, like serious criminal backgrounds. Maybe they're kids that have been struggling with this their entire life because their parents are both in prison for trafficking or whatever it may be. Yeah it's very tough for them to go into these facilities and come out with the desire to change. Yeah. Most of the time they go in and they obtain a new identity. We had an a episode with Todd Sylvester about yeah. understanding your identity and who right. you are. So I guess 
I've gone off on a tangent, but I would be very, very cautious. There are definitely times in which sending your child to a facility would be the right move. Mm -hmm. Number one, if they are emotionally unstable, if there's any serious concerns about suicide, Mm -hmm. if there's any concerns about the safety of others, Mm -hmm. if you have no other options. Yeah. I mean, single parenting makes it really hard, but thinking that you're going to send your loved one to a facility at this age and have it resonate, create this desire to change. It's, it's almost never. Yeah. I can see that because when you put a child who's really malleable, they may feel like they're an adult, but they're still a child. Their brain's still developing and you, and you put them in a a group of maybe like-minded individuals, right? Their, their own peers that are not necessarily aiming for the (laughs) rooftops. Yeah you kind of become, you kind of probably adopt that label. Like, well, I'm a misfit. Like this is, these are my people. This is where I belong. It's not really, really motivating. When I've worked with these young men and I've got to ask them about their experience. Hey, when you were this age and you went here, what happened? Like how did, what, what was it like? Like, what did you learn? It was the same exact mentality of when I was locked up behind bars, they were serving time. Yeah. They were just passing time, doing what they had to do so they could get the hell out of there and get right back to what they wanted to do. There was no healing and it wasn't because of the facilities. I mean, trust me, they'll market in a way that makes it seem really appealing that they have these ways and, and, and different techniques to help your child. The problem is, is who they're surrounded by. Yeah. And I, I have, <laughs> I've said the same phrase. So just to shoot you straight, the greatest probability you have when sending your loved one into one of these facilities is they will enter in with an associate's degree in substance abuse. Yeah self-medicating yeah they will leave with a master's degree a doctorate in trafficking growing manufacturing yeah selling yeah that's, and it's it's really it really tough yeah most of the kids that go are forced to go so they don't go in with the desire to change now if you <clears throat> if you shift the dynamic and look at well what's the difference with adult facilities a lot of them are forced to go too but typically when it gets to that point where an adult is in a facility you level the playing field. So there's an equal balance of people that are there just passing time, but also an an equal number of people who are wanting to change. Like this is my last hope. This is it. So you have a much better chance of gravitating to those people and saying, Hey, this is it. Like I'm going to change or I'm going to die. Yeah. So it's tough. But with that being said, you still, as a parent, you're still stuck. You have this 16, 17 year old kid who's having these challenges, who's acting out, who's doing things with their friend and, it's alarming to you. What are you going to do? You've tried everything. You've yeah. grounded them. You've, you've had every consequence known to men. Yeah. The reality is rather than forcing them into one of these facilities, it could be a mandatory forcing them into a customized plan of recovery. Yeah. And there is no way we have time to go through this today. Just no. let me give you a quick little over like a, an example. Okay. If you don't want to be grounded for the rest of your entire high school career, here's what you're going to have to do. If you want to still use our car and to have a phone and some of these other things, the privileges, they have to go meet with a mentor once a week. Yeah. They have to go to a recovery meeting once a week. Sure. Okay. Some sort of positive reinforcement. They need to meet with a doctor, maybe a psychiatrist to see if there's any mat needed, which is medically assisted treatment. Yeah. They have to exercise, whatever it is. Okay. You you come up with a list of things. Now, does this mean they're not going to go off with those stupid friends and do ridiculous things? No, they probably will. Yeah. But. 
what you're doing is you are inserting mandatory positive experiences. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Where I, over time, then their mindset can yes, change. Yes, I just last week walked into a men's pornography recovery group with a young man. It was his first time. We walked in and there was 22, 25 guys, all walks of life from 18 to 50. There was plumbers, construction workers, doctors, every race you can imagine, you know, Hispanic, African-American, white. It was so powerful. This young man was like shaking. Yeah. Because for the first time he was in a situation with other people like him experiencing the same challenges he was and it was liberating. So that's just an example. Yeah. Now how to put that together and how to do that's going to require some help, but that's just kind of the idea. I feel bad for all the parents who have tried. They've sent their child somewhere. They've paid a lot of money. Yeah. They came home and sometimes it only lasted for a few days or didn't last at all, but then it got worse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because again, like you said, they, they left with a master's degree and every mom that sits down and researches all these places, looks, reads everything. They look at all they have to offer and their intentions are, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So I don't care what it costs, what we have to sacrifice. We're going to send them there. Yeah. Underage facilities are not, it's not because of the facility or the program. No, it's, it's the dynamic. It's the dynamic, which gives you a very minimal chance if any yeah so hey moms out there that are listening or awesome dads grandmas yep grandmas if this is you or if this is someone in your life i just want to mention this danny does a lot of mentoring so if you're like yeah okay i want to go the mentoring route he does it and like he just said he you know took somebody to a recovery meeting I can't imagine anything more powerful than another adult in your child's life to be a powerful and positive influence in the right direction. Now, is it going to be awkward for a couple weeks while they're getting to know each other? And yeah, it's clunky, it's messy, but that's okay. And it's the best part is it's not you. It's somebody that can love and and know that that darkness that they're carrying, but also push them towards the light. I, when I, when you talk about that, I just, I totally get what you're saying because I'm like, yeah, it's almost like you wish you could send them to a camp of like the most amazing kids <laughs> that like they could be surrounded by, but that doesn't really exist. No. And so I'm like, if you could just have one person that was willing to take those reins, even for an hour a week and just help them set some goals, it does. It's a good kickstart. It's, it's and also so if you, these conversations, if like what to do, what are we going to do? Our son, our daughter, you know, 16, 17. I know you and your spouse have had a million conversations. I know you've talked about it with other people in your close circles of trust. Yeah. But you need to reach out to someone who's a professional in this, who's experienced this on their own, who's worked with other people that have gone through this just to be a soundboard. Yes. Just to have a conversation. Yep. So with myself or someone else, please, mom, if you're wondering, doubting, questioning what to do, schedule a call, sit down explain things so that you can really talk this through with yes. someone rather than your girlfriends at the gym yep. or your lunch group or whatever it is. Amen. So yourlivingproof.com. You can get links for yourself with coaching or mentoring. Um, okay. You're not off the hook. Next question. Um, this is one that I actually hear this a lot too. Um, when people find out kind of what our line of work is. So, okay. My husband has had a pornography problem over the years. I I've known it. We've talked a lot about it. Um, he's been trying. I know I, it's, it, it goes up and down, but I am starting to get a little bit 
concerned, more concerned. I just, I've noticed just shifts in his behavior, his mood. It's just things I don't think are getting better. In fact, I think they could be getting worse, but I can't put my finger on it. Like, what should I do? This one's really hard, mainly just to be, to be completely honest. When I hear this from a wife, which is often, I know what kind of battle they're facing. Truthfully, I'm watching way more meth addicts, heroin addicts, alcoholics recover than I am sex addicts. There is a far smaller percentage of people recovering from pornography and sexual addictions just for a myriad of reasons, just because of the taboo nature of it. But also because they can hide it. Insurance companies don't recognize it yet like they do substances. So there's very minimal help. Yeah. Very limited options and resources. It's something that isn't talked about in a society. Now we're able to come forth and say, Hey, you know what? My son, he has a problem with, with, with these drugs or whatever. We're, we've kind of come to that point, even within our, our churches and things like yeah. that, where we can now say that without too much shame, but the ability to come forth and be like, yeah, my, my son's a, or my husband's a sex addict. Yeah. It, that is we're we've got a long way to go. Yeah. It'd probably be easier to say my husband feels like he's a woman. Yeah. Then my husband is a sex addict. Well, and there are several people who are sex addicts, porn addicts, and they don't want that label. So they've quickly obtained a new identity, which sure. might be an alcoholic or right. something. Right. Because it distracts from that. Yep. Now, I say that's tough because it is tough. And what you just described there is when they usually reach out, because everyone that has this problem, they try to handle it in-house. They try to handle it between them. They try to just do it with willpower, yeah. with prayer, that they're going to somehow beat this yeah. thing. Okay. And there's always a debate. Like, is it a, is it unhealthy viewing? Is it a habit or is yeah. it an addiction? Let's not worry about that argument. They're engaging in pornography over and over because they, they can't stop. Yeah. So whatever you want to describe that as great, yeah. whether it's a bad habit or an, addic- an addiction, they just can't go without it. Yeah. This one's really hard because you are limited with your options and your resources. But the number one thing to do is is exactly that, is to reach out and ask for help, to stop trying to handle this in-house. Yeah. And for men this age, it's really embarrassing to walk into a meeting, mm-hmm. right? To go to a support group because that first, it's like the walk of shame. Sure. I mean... <laughs> It's easier to show up to, you know, a meeting of alcoholics because it's not really a topic of shame in society. Yeah. But I would just say if they, when they reach out, I just say, Hey, you're, you're in a serious fight. Yeah. Like this fight is much serious as than if they were a heroin addict on the street. Well, it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. It is a, it is a extremely tough battle. It's done in secrecy. It, the shame surrounding it is unexplainable. Mm-hmm. And you're in a fight for your life. So the honest answer is you better be willing. If you want to save your family, your marriage, you better be willing to do anything it takes. Yeah. Because this will be harder than any situation of drug addiction or alcohol or anything. Yeah. It's a really tough one. Yeah. But I I love that advice because I think a lot of times the, the spouse, the woman, usually not always, um, feels so isolated and actually they start to spiral themselves because they feel like there must be something wrong with them that their their spouse is doing this and it causes a lot of shame there so i i love this idea that 
that person needs their own support. And oh, they both do. Person, the husband or the person using pornography frequently needs to, to find their own support too. Yeah. To shed some positive light on this one, I will say that once someone, let's say the husband, yeah, finally steps forward and is willing to get some help, yeah, they work with a mentor or a therapist or someone and they start to expose the problem. Yeah. Then they gain the courage to go into some sort of support group setting. They actually have a very good probability. It's just that yes. first step, right? Like, yeah. It's just coming out of that darkness. Yes. Does it mean they're going to be home free and they're going to have a perfect slate? No mistakes. Of course not. No, but they're going to gain the tools they need to actually overcome yeah. this. Yeah. And I, I have to give a shout out to the LDS recovery programs there. They have a really, really great, specifically with pornography um, support program. And I wish, I mean, you don't have to be LDS to attend this. So I wish anybody that just wants to take that first step out would consider that. Yeah, it's called ARP, Addiction yep. Recovery Program. And you can search it's it. nationwide. Yeah, you can search it by just... LDS meeting finder, or you can yeah. do ARP meeting finder, put in your zip code. And it's kind of crazy to see how many meetings pop up just in a five mile radius from your home Yeah, on any given day of the week. Yeah. But it is really hard to go to those meetings by yourself. So usually what it requires is someone you trust, someone you've reached out to, to go with you. Yeah. The first time I went to any meetings was with someone else, was someone I trusted. So it's how it works for everybody. I do that a lot myself, walking people in the doors explaining yep. what to expect before you go, giving them a little preparation before beforehand of what to expect. Yeah. But I guess hopefully my answer was clear there. Number yeah. one, you're in the fight for your life. Your situation with your loved one who's just watching porn and you're hoping it's not getting worse is far worse than if they were addicted to crystal meth. Yeah. You were in a bigger fight than that. Yeah. But if they're able to break those chains to get some help, to get some support, yeah. they can and they will recover. Yeah. The biggest challenge is just people getting to that point right. are so few. Yep. Another great, you could look back on our episodes. We had Jeff Stewart on. This was probably six months ago. And he he is a marriage therapist that uh, deals with this Yeah, sexual trauma. Specifically. So he would be another great resource. And you should listen to that episode if this is... Um, yeah. I also, before we move Story. on, I, I will just say that there is very limited time. As faithful and devote to your faith that your spouse might be, pornography only lasts so long before something else is added. Sure. Before or, or they're self-medicating, before they are self-medicating, abusing prescription medication, maybe closet drinking, whatever it is that they will, it will only be a matter of time till something else has to cover up that pain. Yeah. Okay. Was that it? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no. Uh, switching, switching gears. I'm totally switching gears on you. Let's just say you walk into a room full of parents. Let's say you've got, you know, a hundred parents in a room and all, all different age ranges of their kids. And um, you could give them one piece of advice, just like one solid piece of advice one? on raising their kids right now. Like one. Okay, you could do two if, if you feel like two is oh better. Oh, gosh. But at least one of just what you could say to any parent raising a child from 5 to 25 right now. Wow. Again, referring to someone who's already been on this show. Name's Tammy Hill. She shared something about sexuality with your children mm -hmm. and the relationship. Yep. And that you would protect that relationship at all costs. That you would 
protect your relationship with your child and keep that connection at all costs. Yeah, I, I would just have to mimic the same thing. For some reason, when every young person makes some poor choices, and a lot of times it happens for just different reasons. Maybe they have unwanted feelings. Maybe they're feeling pressure that you don't understand. Maybe it's peer pressure. Maybe it's curiosity. It doesn't matter. But at some point, people make some poor decisions and there's this inability for us to keep keep a connection. It mm-hmm. just immediately puts this wall up between us mm-hmm. and our parents. And I believe with all of my heart from experience that parents are, they are incredible. Like they have this, there's this ability to love that you can't have until you're a parent that they would do anything. They desire to do anything. But for some reason, we just are so inefficient at it. Yeah. It's like at the first sign of mistakes, we drive these walls up. We either bury our head in the sand, turn our cheek. We tense up. We well, just, it's fear. It's fear. Because, it's, because you love so hard. And then, then you also fear so hard that your child did something wrong and you can't fix it yeah. or whatever. So I have two answers to the question is one is protecting the relationship at all costs. Even if you walked in and, and saw them masturbating, masturbating. Yes. Do you what? Protect the relationship. You protect the relationship at all costs. And and the other thing, number two, that goes hand in hand with this is you, it's not even about creating anymore. It's that you insist relentlessly that your home is a place where they, you do not harbor secrets. Yeah. So you would protect your relationship at all costs and you create an environment where there are no secrets harbored in your home. Cause here is, here it is. Every young adult, for some reason or another, maybe they experience serious trauma. Maybe they're just uncomfortable and confused at a certain age. Something hurts their feelings. And almost always, not always, but almost always, at the beginning, it's something small that a parent would almost just feel like flicking off them, right? Like, oh, come on, knock it off. You're better than that. Yeah. Kids have it so much worse. You're awesome. Toughen up. Any of those thoughts but when we disregard those feelings as small as they are, your loved one is over time, that feeling's going to get heavier. Well, and you just taught them that when they come to you with their feelings, you you're dismissive. Yeah. And it's 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 tough. And maybe they don't even feel like coming to you because they're embarrassed. Like for my example, my pressure when I it took me a long time to break it down and figure it out. But what was unwanted inside of me, which is why when I was, you know, using drugs or drinking. I got to escape, even though I knew it was bad, what I was doing, I got to escape the unwanted feelings I have was, how am I going to be what society tells me I need to be? I need to be super successful. I got to have this. I got to look like this. I, I had a father who came from a coal mining town down in Carbon County, Price, Utah, and just became uber successful, created just an enormous company. And I watched it. I mean, my goodness, what an incredible example of just hard work and everything you could imagine. But I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? Yeah, like, great. Now I have to do that. It's like terrifying. Yeah. So it stemmed from something small in the beginning. But I say those two things. One, protect the relationship at all costs. And two is there, do not allow your family to harbor secrets. Why? Because even if your child goes down the wrong path, they get the wrong friends. Let's say for a, a season, they're vaping, smoking marijuana, looking at pornography. There's always a way back if you have that pathway with your family. Yeah. Without a pa- without your family, that pathway is difficult. There's very, I mean, where else is it going to stem from at that age? Right. It's not coming from your friends. Yeah. You haven't really developed any other 
pathways with adults. Right. You're not going to get it on social media, which is where everyone tries to find their yeah. self-worth and value for some reason. Yeah. It has to come from those that you love the most. So there needs to be that open pathway back home. Yeah, that's Because safety. in the beginning stages, here's how it works. You're, even if your loved one's doing things, let's say for a few months or a year, they're just acting like a total dipshit doing, sorry. Why? I don't know. I just swore, but you know, it's timed. Right? It made a lot of sense. It did. It felt right. But they're doing things that make you want to just pull their hair out, right? They have a chance of coming back because there's many days where they wake up and don't want that. Yeah. They're still like, so if they have the ability to come back and be like, Hey, guess what? Uh, I did this and it's because I've been feeling this and they feel safe to do that. You just gave yourself a serious chance at correcting their course before this thing gets worse. Mm -hmm. Now, if they keep doing these things, here's, here's how addiction works. It's the definition of insanity month after month turns into year after year. They don't have that safe pathway to come talk. There's no connection. They're going to just continue doing the same stupid things they've been doing, expecting it to somehow magically change. You're going to be stuck doing the same stupid things you're doing, expecting this to magically change because there is no inability to talk about these difficult things. You've got to keep the connection open, the connection there, and you've got to create a place where you don't harbor secrets. And that we could go into for hours, but it takes work. Yeah. We've all desired to do that, but we live in a day and an age where if you don't do that, I'm sorry, you're screwed. Yeah. Amen. And literally, that is why if you ever see our kids, they're all of us, we're always plastered in our secrets keep us sick, either hat, beanie, sweatshirt, t-shirt, whatever, because it's just- I feel like I need to tattoo it on every one of my kids' arms. Yeah. Just so that they do it. You want to know why? Because they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things wrong. They're going to go down the wrong path. They're going to veer off into a bad direction. Every one of them. Yeah. It could be depression. It could be drugs. It could be pornography. It might be all three. Yeah. But they, if they understand that they do not harbor secrets. Yeah. I'm going to share something right now. And that's just with a brother of mine, the greatest single example. He, this brother's experienced a much older age of life, serious trauma, serious trauma. Like the kind of trauma that just permanently changes people's lives. He, like everybody else, starts self-medicating. And here's why I'm so proud of him. And here's how an example of how it works. I get a call. <laughs> and it, he says, hey, Danny. I'm not going to say his name. Mm. It's so-and-so. I'm just calling to say that I'm an alcoholic. I'm like, What? single most obedient faithful person in our family i was like what long story short he was he was an alcoholic for what two or three months i think it might have been a tiny bit longer okay very short period of time total secrecy yep he knew he was going down the wrong path and what did he do he knew it was getting more serious he knew that he couldn't find his way out so in a very short period of time what i call a season He opened up, he exposed the secret. He reached out, he made a connection. He knew he had a pathway to a family that would help. We exposed the problem, got him some help. This problem lasted in in its entirety less than a year. Yeah, that's what's so incredible. And it was, it's because of what we learned as a family going through my thing so, so many years ago. Yep, 
It that was like our, he put into action. It, everything we learned. Everything you learned. And one, it's that because of all the hard things and the difficult things, we had kept this connection as a family at all costs mm-hmm. to jump in and do what it takes. We were all united in how to help. And the fact that he didn't harbor secrets, that he exposed it, reached out for help and was willing to get help. I'm serious. It's unbelievable how simple of a fix that was. Yeah. Well, and and, and I just want to say the truth is that hardship and that trauma and the heavy things he, he had to carry, it didn't go away. But he learned how to stay afloat when that darkness was overcoming him. Yeah. He he learned and and still to this day when when that starts I I call it because I've experienced a lot of depression in my life. When I feel that dark cloud starting to cover me and I know it's coming and I I can't stop it even when I can see that it's coming and I can't make it stop, he reaches out and he immediately is like I need help. Hey guys, just a quick text. I'm feeling like I'm just about to go underwater and I need you to just pray for me and just help me, like, just be aware of me right now. And there's so much power in that. I don't, I think we really underestimate the power in that because immediately he surrounded himself with an army of people that love and care. And maybe they couldn't take it from him, but they were going to stand with him. And it's the best example. And I hope he's cool with me sharing all this. I know he is, but it's the perfect example of how the 7% do it. Yes. You know, the statistics show on all the different sites you look and facilities share these same numbers. 7% of people with addictions, bad habits, whatever you want to call them. It's such a debatable thing. People with unmanageable life, 7% recover. Right. And it's because we avoid doing exactly what I've watched him do. And he's been one of the most shining examples to me in these past few years of how it works. Yeah. And it's by those two things. We have a connection with people that we've worked through, that we've developed, that we fought for. And we do not allow ourselves to harbor secrets or anyone in our home. Right. When you do that, magic happens. Yeah. It's amazing. Like you said, you can't deny that these feelings come. We all have these unwanted feelings from time to time. Yeah. But when you gain this tools and skill sets of how to do that, like how to be proactive, how to fight back instead of numbing out. Yep. Man, it's amazing. Because you will always know where the exit door is. If you're an addict, if you are depressive and you have had suicidal thoughts, that exit door never goes away. You can keep your eye on it. You always know that it's there. But the difference is you learn how to not take that way out. And you do it through other people. You do it through not isolating and not doing the thing that actually is easier at that moment. The first step is finding someone yeah. someone that you can reach out to and just start the process. Yep. Okay, do you have time for one more? Oh, Will no. you let me? Well, short answer. Okay. I'm telling you because I'm already tapped out. I'm looking at the <laughs> clock going, this is it. Anyone listening who is a like-minded person of myself is now tuning out. Guess what? Danny has ADHD oh and my gosh. I don't. Everything. I have everything. Okay. What do you have? I mean, I have you are, a lot of th- I have You depression. are super sexy, but like you have. <laughs> I have. I have a lot of things, but I'm not ADD. Okay. My son is 20. A bit like Beth Dutton. 20s. Okay. My son is 27 and he's, he's living at home right now. He has struggled with alcoholism. Like he, he's definitely become kind of a drinker. It's started to take a toll on me and my husband, but you know, he, it just, it's hard because he, the, he doesn't have a lot of motivation to change and we're, we just, we, we don't know what to do anymore. Okay. That's you, immediately I just be like, okay, what happened recently? You're calling me because something's gotten worse. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, he was. 
he actually, I found him unconscious last week or he, you know, he got hospitalized for alcohol poisoning, alcohol, po- yes. Or withdrawals from alcohol, you know, yeah. seizure. I say that to help them understand this is bigger. This is bigger than you're saying. You're only reaching out because you're scared because you're scared and it's much worse than you're telling me. Yeah. So here's the two things. One, a hundred out of a hundred times, whatever, you know, whether it's mom, wife, dad, you only know a tiny fraction of what's going on. That is a fact, the truth, every time. Every parent will be like, no, we have an open communication. They live here, I know. No, you don't. You just know where they got sloppy, made a mistake, or where they they gave you just a few crumbs to keep you right where you're at. Mm-hmm. But you only know a fraction of what's going on. Knowing that should give you all the courage you need to take the necessary steps. But if they're 27, 28, at home, it's progressed whatever they were doing is progressed. It's much worse. And you've just allowed this to happen over time. You've got to do something. Nothing will change. Yeah. There will be no single magical day in which your son wakes up and says, Hey, you know what? Wow. My life's unmanageable. I'm looking at it going, I, I want a different life and I'm going to do this. Can you help me with that? In your mind, you're looking at this man that's 27 year olds thinking he's going to figure it out. He is stuck at whatever age he started using. Maybe he started smoking weed or doing things at 15. You have a 15-year-old and a 27-year-old man's body mm-hmm. with the ability emotionally and mentally of a 15-year-old. Yeah. It's going to remain that way until you do something about it. He's yeah. never going to or she's never going to change themselves. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about that, I think that was like three episodes back. It was like the magical day that will never come, yep. I think was the title of the episode. So what you do in order to help liberate yourself, because there's no guarantee of what they're going to do. Now, yeah. when you do this, when you put set this dynamic that I'm going to say real quick, often they will choose to heal. They'll yeah. choose to get help. Yeah. But in order to regain sanity in your life, because I know this takes a toll on your marriage. Yeah. Every marriage does. Yeah. It takes a toll on the relationship you have with your other kids because here they are like dominating life and doing everything they're supposed to. Yet this 27 year old son that's living in your basement is consuming 95% of your time and energy. Now you're losing relationships with your other children. You've got to do something different. Yeah. What every parent thinks is, okay, well, I can't kick them out. I just can't kick them onto the streets. You know, this happened to them or this is going to happen to them. They're fearful of everything, right? They blame it on circumstance that happened before. It's all normal. You've got to create a dynamic where you present and offer to help. Yeah. So you reach out to myself or someone else and you actually formulate a plan, like an actual plan to give them and say, hey, here's all the ways we're going to help you. This is how we're going to support you. This is what you're going to have to do. This is how we're going to help you along the way. You reach out to Danny because nobody does it better than him. Sorry. And then you get to the point of saying, if you don't want to do these things, then you have to leave. Yeah. There's a shift. And just hearing this once, you might be like, yeah, yeah, we've done that. We tried that. There is a shift when you do it right. Yep. Because you're not kicking them out. Kicking them out is tough love. Tough love is all grit. It never worked. Not even back when everyone was farmers and had cows in their backyard. It never worked. I want cows. I know. But it's all grit. When you formulate a plan, it gives you the power to say, no, okay, you're off on your own. When you're ready, this plan's ready to go. We're all ready to jump in. But we're not going to continue to support this anymore. But simultaneously, you've actually formulated the plan that's going to help them that you've been waiting for them to do on their own and they're not going to do on their own. Yeah. So that's a quick answer. But I know that that story right there hits home with a lot of people. So please untangle your brain, reach out, talk with someone who can help you through the first few steps of this, and then you can do it on your own. Honestly, if that's you, just go to our website and purchase the missing piece course bundle because it literally will help transform your brain. 
not anybody else's, your brain to be able to take the the next big step that will have to happen. And to give you the tools to do it. And it's literally why we wrote those courses was just for you, for that situation. It is. Or a similar I'm not know, taking situation. any more questions. Okay, he's over it, guys. <laughs> he's done. We have to go and fertilize the lawn, I think, is the next step. Well, it's one of the <laughs> steps today. No, but those were good questions. And I do hope that if one of those scenarios seems to be very similar to the scenario that you're in, that you please stop doing what you've been doing. Stop defining insanity. Get help from someone that can just give you the first few steps to move forward. And I hope you know if any of those scenarios were hitting home for you, you're in great company because there are so many others. Yeah, you're, just you're not in the minority. Like you. So have an awesome week. Yep. And we will see. Enjoy the insanity of family soon. life if that's yours. And if you're single, then you always have a good thing to compare that to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, we appreciate you guys joining us for this ride. And we hope you have a great week. Thank you. Mm-hmm.